Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and the band is back together again. Kyle. Hi. Uh, I almost didn't recognize you there. I know. We haven't got s- fatter. It's all right. <laughs> haven't seen you on the show. Haven't had you on the show in a yeah. while. But all three of us are here watching SummerSlam here, recording this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Can, can, I, br- can I break the illusion and say that we're right now watching? Watching the hype package. For- we are. We're watching the hype package for Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon at the moment. The SummerSlam party going down here at the, uh, as I call it, the Motley Palace. And uh, this is where this is the living room of the Motley Palace, where we usually record the Motley Soup podcast. The Queen is here, actually. Say hello to the listeners. You're too far away. You're not too far away. I can hear you. Oh. The daughter is here, even. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We're we're <laughs> filled up. We're filled up with beer and buffalo chicken dip. So <laughs> our bodies are gonna hate us tomorrow. Lots of breaks. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's take a break. I got a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Which, on this edition of the show, we were going to cover. We're going to talk about the WWE Invasion pay per view. Aaron and I both watched that. Did you watch it, Kyle? No, I didn't, but well, I... Way to come prepared. <laughs> you take like a four-month vacation, then you don't even bring the supplies <laughs> no. you need to bring to get your job done. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the pay-per-view, there isn't a lot to talk about the pay-per-view itself. There is stuff to talk about, but not a lot. But I think it's going to lead to a conversation of the entire Invasion storyline. Because as I was watching the pay-per-view, I started thinking about that storyline. Well, the, the thing with the thing with the uh, invasion pay per view, it's like that is three hours of just disappointment. <laughs> That's all it is. And we will it's a disappointment. We will get to that. But speaking of disappointment, let's talk about a true disappointment. Uh, last week, or the week before last, I'm sorry, August first, I believe it was, we lost one of the great legends of professional wrestling. Harley Race passed away. And uh, Harley, I Harley, never understood the expression "we lost him." It's like now we know where he's at. <laughs> He'd be dead. He's in that cold broom right now. <laughs> Jesus. Matter of fact, we can find him right now. <laughs> Kendall and Caitlin are over here having their own show, their own podcast. But uh, <laughs> studio audience. Oh, good, a studio audience. That's just what we need. When Aaron makes a good joke, you have to go, You still got it! (laughs) (laughs) So back to something serious. Dead Harley Race. Or usually when I make my jokes, people need to chant. That's a little stiff, though. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Holy shit. Go ahead. About Harley Race. No disrespect to Harley Race. No, Harley Harley as as a wrestler... 
the three of us kind of came in at the tail end of that career. You know, we never, we didn't live through, through Harley Race's career, but the the looking back on it and watching it as time has gone on, Harley was one of the greatest of all time. Possibly the greatest, one of the well, definitely one of the greatest NWA champions of all time. A fantastic promo and one real motherfucker. Actually. And a fucking scoundrel too. And because <laughs> did you know that his wife's name is BJ? I, I did not. Yeah, that's not actually her real name. That's nickname he gave to her because that's the only thing she's good at. Oh my, oh my, oh. Harley. That's did what you really read that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he fucking nicknamed her BJ because she's like that's what she's good at. <laughs> with a with puff, puffing on a Marlboro. That's what she's it's like. Good Jesus, at. Harley. That was an award for Harley Race. Your Lord. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking nice things about Harley here. I'm not the one that did it. I'm not the one that told him the name was what PJ. This is I'm true. Not, I didn't do it. This don't, is true. Don't yell at me about it. But um, I kind of more knew Harley as a manager. Yeah. You know, the manager of Vader, the manager of Lex Luger. Um, the king. The king. Yes, the king. But um, One of my favorite matches he ever had was his last match with Hulk Hogan. With Hulk Hogan with well, the table spot. his last match, but, you know. His last big, um, high prof- high profile match. They started doing when he was injured. They started doing that stuff with his head. Yeah, where he's like floating up in, around like up the in heaven or something. <laughs> it was really weird, but um, I think Aaron and I bring it up all the time. The Harley Race bounty promo. You know, somebody take the damn money. Yeah, no, he wasn't talking about. Paper towels. He was talking about money. <laughs> Somebody get the damn. You paper still towel. got it. Oh, sorry, that was cute, wasn't it? <laughs> but anyway, um, the great angle leading leading into the first star cave. Oh, I just spilled a bunch of juice. Someone get take the bounty. <laughs> Somebody take the damn. Get the damn paper <laughs> towels. He's got him in a briefcase. But Vader wouldn't have been Vader, I don't think, without. Harley Without Race. Harley, yeah, it was it was it was definitely an act. It was kind of like, um, um, you know, Bobby Heenan and Mister Perfect. Not that yeah. Mister Perfect wouldn't have been Mister Perfect, and, but you think of Bobby Heenan and Mister Perfect. And together. Harley Race would like every pay per view match. Harley'd wind up, you know, suit jacket off, taking some big <laughs> taking, ass bump. taking a bump for Mick Foley yeah, or, Sting or Sting or somebody. And, yeah, and I think it was also one of those things where, like, with Harley, it's like everyone knows Harley's badass. And Harley doesn't answer to anybody, and for him to decide, I'm going to be a manager of this guy Vader, says a lot to Vader, mm-hmm. makes him automatically a, a badass, because fucking Harley's like, I don't want to be on his bad side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's funny, too, because if you listen to uh, Jim Ross tell the story, I think it's... Uh, Vince wanted Harley to become a manager. He didn't want him to leave. He wanted Harley to become a manager in the WWF, but... Harley didn't want to hang it up yet, so he went those extra couple of years and wound up being a manager in WCW instead. Um, but th- I like that group too. Harley Race, Lex Luger, and Mr. Hughes. Yeah, you know that's that's a fun group. Um, I but, think if things would have went out differently, it probably would have been um, uh, Harley and Flair and Mr. Hughes. I think. Oh yeah, I think that the, I think you're right. That was definitely like the intention. Flair, Flair I mean, bouncing made it. Made him go with Luger. But. Flair and Harley teaming up, kind of coming full circle. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, and that would have been cool as hell, actually, <laughs> having Ric Flair and Harley race together. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, it's sad. Uh, but at least at least he didn't live a, a short life, you know. He, no, I, you know, he lived to be an old age. He was what seventy six, I think. Seventy yeah, seventy nine. When he like passed that. away, if I could make it to there, I'd be a happy man. And got to give a shout out to Vince McMahon for what Trevor Murdoch tweeted out about. Yep. Vince with the uh, the airplane. I posted it on our home. yeah. I posted it in our uh, we can't wrestle group on Facebook that you can join. Feel free, um, come talk some wrestling. But yeah, apparently uh, Harley needed uh, to be flown from where was it Florida to to Missouri, and uh, didn't have the funds or Medicare wouldn't pay for it. So Vince McMahon paid for it. It was taken care of. So um, you know for all, for everything people say bad about Vince, that. Uh, that was definitely a, a nice thing for him to do. Absolutely. Um, and you kind of wonder, too, could it have been the simple fact that he was afraid that if Harley Race pulled through, he'd get a fucking knock at the door <laughs> if he fucking <laughs> Harley be like, Thanks a lot, Vince. <laughs> but, like I said, for a man who smoked and drank fucking, you know, mm-hmm. all his life to make it to fucking... Every, every story you hear behind the scenes of Harley... Somebody always says puffing on his cigarette. You know, yeah. he's always puffing on his. Him and him and uh, Pat Patterson are like the smokingest professional wrestlers ever. <laughs> Here and here's here's a cool story for to show you the amount of respect that Harley Race had in the wrestling business. I think it was Bruce Pritchard told the story that CM Punk even took a shot of whiskey. Yeah, for Harley's birthday. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, his first wife's nickname was H.J. <laughs> Actually, it was butt play. <laughs> BP. BP. Oh, BP. Uh, Har- the, <laughs> the many wives of Harley Race. Which, I mean, <laughs> hey. I think, he was, I think he was only actually married to that one lady. But. <laughs> well, <he's, yeah. laughs> married to that one. Yes, it was a married all right, anything else on the great king of wrestling, Harley Race, other than rest in peace? No. Go no. back and watch a flare for the gold. And go back and watch the Starcade 83 Bounty promo. And the promo where he gets out of the car, Aaron. Yes. Where they, they, they it's like he's Atlanta. like the most fantastic, like, afros <laughs> and suits and, suits and his, his mustache would, like... <laughs> Absorb into his afro and flow, and it was just fucking amazing. <laughs> and they just have that shot of him just standing outside that Cadillac yeah. or whatever, just standing there, being Harley Race. It's like the many froze of Harley Race. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, nowadays you have these, these, you know what a pro wrestler is supposed to look like, you know. But like back in the day, Harley Race was like what a pro wrestler was. Yes, a fucking yes. barrel-chested. Badass. Dude. And to me, to be honest, I think that that if I if I'm if I'm being honest, seventies wrestling of what I've watched of seventies wrestling, I feel like in the seventies Harley Race would have been my favorite wrestler. Yep. Because I think he had until probably Superstar Billy Graham came along. I think Harley had the best rap, like the best promos. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like at that time. Terry, Terry hadn't gone crazy yet. Terry Funk, so his promos weren't as interesting. Him and Dory were kind of bland on the mic. Well, you could see um, them taking what uh, Backlund, you know. Well, you, you could see that you know, those who got it, where they took what Gorgeous Georgia did and expanded upon it. You could see where you know it's like 
those who actually got it. Mm-hmm. Guys like Harley got it. Because I always say, if if I lived in the seventies, I might not have been a wrestling fan because seventies wrestling isn't that great to me. Maybe at that time it would have been though, you yeah. know, because time is what it is. But oh, Nate, you still would be a wrestling fan. You'd just be a lot more fucking jaded now. <laughs> you'd be a I, lot older, but yes. you'd also be. But I think, like I said, I think that I think that. If I lived in the 70s, Harley Race would have been what made me a wrestling fan. So rest in peace to the king of wrestling, Mr. Harley Race. So we'll move along there here. There was a, oh, a thing, and I'm going to put you guys on the spot. And nope. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. But this was a, uh, a uh, copy-paste Facebook thing that was going around. Usually they're, they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, oh... How many times, like, have you ever been shot? <laughs> you know, things like that. All right, so this Facebook thing is, it's a copy-paste, and there's a few questions. And I'll read you guys my, I'll read the questions, and I'll read you guys my answers, so you can try to try to think about it. All right. The question is, like, wrestler I dislike. Wrestler I think is overrated. Wrestler I think is underrated. Top three wrestlers I like. I went with current on that one. Um, wrestler I secretly like, favorite wrestler of all time, and wrestler I strongly fucking dislike. That is the question. <laughs> okay. You guys ready? Yep. yep. Wrestler I dislike, Billy Graham. I do not like Billy Graham. And someone asked me, do you like not like Billy Graham because of what he was or what he's become? And I said both. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't like Billy Graham. Not, not even the fan. promos? Not a fan. No? Not a fan. Wrestler, I think, is overrated. Taz. I can see that. Taz is super overrated. He's a very good personality, just overrated wrestler. Wrestler, I think, is underrated. Haku. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My top three wrestlers I like. Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. Wrestler I secretly like. Bob Holly. Um... <laughs> And this has actually changed, and it'll surprise Nate, and it's like, I still love Ric Flair, but my favorite wrestler of all time is Randy Savage. It's my favorite wrestler of all time. Well, all right, you you said that, and and I have to say, I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you or not or who I was talking to about it, but, um, you know, for the longest time in my life, my favorite wrestlers, you know, have always been, and Savage has always been up there in my top five or six you know, Shawn Michaels was always my favorite. And as I, as I get older and I, and I watch old stuff over and over and over again, and I watch people's careers as they develop and their promos and their matches and all that, I there are times where I do think Randy Savage is my favorite wrestler of all time. I've decided like, that Randy Savage is my favorite yeah. wrestler of all Dig time. Dig it. Mm-hmm. And then a wrestler I strongly fucking dislike <laughs> is Buck Zumhoff. <laughs> I think we can all Fuck agree that on that. Shit. Fuck Buck. <laughs> So, do you guys want to play or not? Kyle, you should play. Yeah, I'll play. Okay, right. give me a, re- get a wrestler you dislike. Jeff Jarrett. Wrestler you <laughs> Now, Now, listen. <laughs> I'm going to strongly say that I think Jeff Jarrett as a person is a great fucking person. He seems like a nice guy. I just, I cannot stand his fucking gimmick. And you can say it's because he's a heel and kudos to him. He fucking, he did it perfect because I cannot... Fucking stay in Double J, Jeff Jarrett. And, and Billy all. Graham, let's go back to Billy Graham for a minute. Billy Graham, every time he's like, 
the WWE is a piece of trash, and Vince McMahon is fucking horrible, and da-da-da-da-da-da, and then, like, they're like, hey, Billy, your kidney's failing. Vince, I'm sorry about what I said. <laughs> yeah. So fuck that guy. Plus, I heard that Dusty's body wasn't even in the ground yet, and he was positioning for that yeah, promo, promo job. So job. fuck him. But, I, I mean, if you don't like Jeff Jarrett, that's fine. <laughs> uh, wrestler... Like- I love how I love how Aaron asked you which wrestler you didn't like, and then turned it into get more heat on Billy Graham. Like, <laughs> then, then he's like, he's like, here's what a worthless piece of shit Billy Graham is, and he. I understand you don't like, like Jeff Jarrett, but back but, to Billy Graham. You should hate Billy Graham, and you know Jeff Jarrett's far better than Billy Graham. But that's all right. If you, it's your opinion, you can hate him. Uh, who's the wrestler you think's overrated? I said it a couple weeks ago, Bret Hart. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> look, 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 look. You can't look, be right all the time. Buddy. Hey, listen, okay. listen, listen. I want. I'm, I prefer Owen Hart over Brett. Brett's good. I just there's something about Brett. In any interview I've ever seen, anything, he is just too full of himself. Okay. Where he just and it's like he wasn't. If he was as damn good as he says he was, then Vince McMahon would never have allowed him to leave in '97 for Shawn Michaels. I mean, the, the point is, is that, you know, I, I don't want to get back into this. I just, I like Brett. I like Brett. Don't get me wrong. I just think he's overrated. Okay. Who's a wrestler you think's underrated? You guys are going to laugh at me. Disco Inferno. Nobody laughed. See, nobody laughed. No, no, Disco. hang on. Hang on. Look, in, in fucking the early 90s in WCW, it's like... <clears throat> Especially towards the tail end, like Disco Inferno had taken that spot that like Eddie Guerrero had, and as they moved up the card, Disco was that guy that consistently gave good matches in WCW. Right, I'm gonna say this that I I don't mind Glenn Gilberti, and I appreciate Glenn Gilberti for the fact that Glenn Gilberti knew that, and I've heard him say this, and I've heard Raven say this because Raven's buddies with him that. Glenn Gilberti never got into professional wrestling thinking I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the world champion. He got into professional wrestling not being like I want to be Hulk Hogan. He got into it saying I want to be the honky tonk man. Right. Yeah, you know, I want to do this gimmick to where, whatever. But I am gonna say that anybody that's on here, you're gonna you're gonna get some hate because you said that, that Disco Inferno and Eddie Guerrero in the same. Sentence. And I understand that's okay. That. And I get but, what you're saying. But yeah, like I said, he was the guy that. T- Really, when when Eddie and Benoit and and Jericho and all them moved up to the higher echelon, who who was those underneath guys that really named me anybody else besides like Disco that was like that underneath talent that was just below mm-hmm. the upper mid card? Oh, I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, three current wrestlers that you like: Bray Wyatt. Okay. Uh, Kevin Owens. And Kofi Kingston. Cool. Wrestler you secretly like. Oh, shit. Um, like you, you undercover like this guy. <laughs> like a lot of people hate on him. You just like this guy. All right, you guys are going to laugh. I mean, it's going to be one of those things, but I'm a big fan of fucking Big Daddy D- V. Big Daddy V? Big Daddy V. 
Like that gimmick? <laughs> or that no, guy. I, I, I like I like this one. I like okay. I like okay. Mabel. Big Daddy V was nasty. <laughs> he was nasty, but like I said, I, just, I liked Mabel. I a lot of people like to talk shit about him, but have you seen the new Mattel figure they put? Uh-uh. Out? The new King Mabel Mattel. Figure? No, it's actually I'm not a big Mabel fan, but it is a cool figure. Anyway, but check, he was check he, it out. He was look in pro wrestling. I understand that you you have to have those guys who are work rate. You gotta have those guys that are technicians. I'm still a big fan of those guys that are um like Andre and and the big show and yeah, the attractions. Know, that they're the attractions. Big, and like maybe WWE doesn't attraction. have a big fat guy right now. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go big fat guy. But there's always attraction. been a big fat guy. Every every <laughs> every generation every generation has, has a big fat gorilla guy. monsoon. There's, well, uh, there was like, you know, that happy Humphreys <laughs> And then Haystack's Calhoun. What's the Happy Humphreys thing? That made about me laugh. Harley Race. About Harley Race ass. had to like wipe his ass and bathe him, bathe him with a mop. <laughs> <laughs> he laid him down, spraying with a garden hose and ran a mop over him. That shit cracked me up. But and then like you know after ha- Happy Humphreys, it was like you know Haystack's Calhoun. And then that baby Huey guy, baby Huey, there's a big fat guy. <laughs> and I'm a big fat guy now. And Samoa Joe comes on the TV. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, it's the no. They got Braun Strowman now, which is but not he that big guy. Fat guy. No, I know, but he's that the he, monster. Yeah, he's their their version of that attraction. Because really, when it comes down to it, pro wrestling is nothing more than just attraction. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. well, it used to be. Now, your favorite wrestler of all time. I'm going to preface this by saying that it, it switches around depending on who I just watched recently and um, who's the most recent in my mind. But it's always going to be between Macho Man, because I agree with you on that, uh, Shawn Michaels, and... And people are going to shit talk, but uh, big fan of Cactus Jack. Okay. Well, there is a um, gun to your head. You got to pick one. If I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Macho as well. Because right. of the simple fact that, like, if you ask... Well, he only belongs to me, so I'm pulling the trigger. <laughs> Dig it, brother. <laughs> but, but, no, I'm not. You're going to have everybody, everybody talks about Hulk Hogan as, like, Hulk Hogan is the fucking wrestler, but, like... Macho Man had that voice that everybody fucking imitates. Don't care who you are. And his promos were great. His gimmick was great. He he lived it. He breathed it. You felt it. Exactly. And ninety nine percent of the time, if he was on the card, he was the best guy on the card. Yes. And last but not least, a wrestler you strongly fucking dislike. That's <laughs> what I strongly fucking dislike. Strongly with a mad. Hatred, passion, dark side. Mojo Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate Mojo Raleigh. I'm surprised Who was Aaron it? Didn't bring, I think Aaron didn't bring up Beefcake just because he's let that be known very hardcore. Yeah, and, the, and he's a Hall of Famer. I'm yes, just, he I is. I was going off with the with with the dislike. I was going off the fact that like Brutus Beefcake's never done anything. <laughs> that to me was like outrageously bad or horrible. Yeah. You know? I just don't like Brutus Beefcake in the ring or his promos <laughs> or anything like that. But I don't think Brutus Beefcake's like a piece of shit human being. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. Like he seems like he's been married to the same lady like the entire time he's 
been working. He seems like he has, like, good kids and all that stuff. He's made stupid mistakes, like he took cocaine to a subway and all that other <laughs> shit. But who hasn't? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody in this room, but I'm just saying, we've all done stupid shit. No, wait, did he take cocaine to an actual subway or to a subway restaurant? No, no like he, was sub- working. he was working, he was working at, at a subway. He was working at the subway, like, as, like, the, the person that let people through the turnstile. And it was during the whole anthrax thing, and people thought it was anthrax. But it was this and, and And it got, like, the situation was getting way out of control to the fact that Brutus Beefcake had to be like, hey, I'm just going to let everybody know, because you're, like, bringing in, like, dogs and, like, you know, hazmat people. It's just my cocaine. And from that, on, from that day on, he was known as Brutus Beef Coke. <laughs> I'm kind of sad that, that it's not that Subway bad. the Restaurant, because, <laughs> like... He just, probably works at one now. Yeah. See, <laughs> see Bruce Beefcake fucking strutting and cutting at the Subway restaurant making your six-inch fucking store cocaine. So, Nate, do you want to play the game? Yes. Okay, give me a wrestler you dislike. Wrestler I dislike. You can say Billy Graham if you want. <laughs> I'm sold. No, wrestler you dislike. Wrestler I dislike, I'm going to have to say... Sam Houston. I think Sam Houston. No, I'm saying I'm saying because be, I'm, I'm assuming you fucking strongly dislike your statement for RG. Yes. <laughs> Sam Houston was pretty fucking lame. Like I never saw anything with that guy that I really liked. That's he one was, of my favorite Billy. He was, he was goofy looking. He he. I don't know. He just he didn't have to that me. Was he didn't one have of my charisma. favorite Jim Cornette things ever when he's talking about them all being on the plane and how him and. Uh, uh, Baby doll had heat because they were together, and he's like, yeah. "We're on the plane," and Sam's sitting on her lap. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I never liked him with his stupid neckerchief and his his Jake's stupid hat. Brother, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think he's Jake's ste- half brother. Well, it's still a little brother. Because him and Rock and Robin are actually full yeah, brother and sister. When I have but, a brother, well, yeah, no, I know. So but yeah, whatever. We're <laughs> semantics. Yeah. Okay. Wrestler, you thinks. Overrated. Overrated, the Dudleys. I think the Dudleys are overrated. The Dudleys kind of... And I'm not hating like you said about Taz. It's not like you hate them. I mean, but I think they're overrated. I don't think that... there's, There's a couple of things. First of all, they took the table thing and they rolled with it. And that's fine. In that era, that was fine. And... The only reason that they were so tag team champions so many times was because they were in two different companies during the Attitude Era, when titles changed all the time. So I, I just I think that if I look back at their career, I think they're a bit overrated. And that's again, that's not hating on either one of them or anything. I just I the Dudleys don't age well with me. No. God damn! I didn't realize Charlotte Flair was so fucking tall. <laughs> Charlotte's in the ring with maybe, Trish Stratus maybe it's right the now. Fact that Trish Stratus is. A- Short. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I don't know. good, though. <laughs> but then the Dudleys are overrated. I can, I can see uh, that because, like, especially with the interviews that you see them in, like, they act like that they're the the be-all, end-all. Yeah. Bubba does. He does, Devon, yeah, Devon's pretty humble. Yeah, he seems pretty down-to-earth. And there's a reason he's still working there. <laughs> it's true. Uh, wrestler you think is underrated? Underrated. Um, Disco Inferno. Thank you, thank you, man. I'm glad that you you, you agree with me on that. And actually, I think he's underrated. I think he should have got a bigger shake in the. And I know he was there, and he was kind of integral part of it. 
But I always thought psychosis was kind of underrated. Yeah. Like, I think I don't think that during that Rey Mysterio like, era he, of cruiserweights, I don't think psychosis got the... He was better got than... Got the Duke. elevation. I wouldn't say that he would be like, you know, put him over, like, Ray or Eddie. Mm-hmm. You know? But he... He's better than Hoobie. He's better than Hoobie, and I think he's better than Billy Kidman, too. And that's not hating Billy Kidman, but I, I you know, I picked Psychosis over Billy Kidman. Unfortunately, at the tail end of that, when, especially after Hoobie took his mask off, it was, you had like Ultimo Dragon and Rey Mysterio that were those masked wrestlers. Right. And Psychosis. And they were at such a high level. And even Laparka to that. That same oh yeah, I love Parka. Was love at that level where like they were like, oh well, these are the mass wrestler guys, but those were the mm-hmm. compared to you know like Ultimo Dragon and, yeah. and Ray. My yeah. underrated luchador is Liz Mark Jr. <laughs> Liz like, Mark was like pretty Liz badass. Mark. Yeah, I like Liz Mark. I like, I like Super Calo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Super Cal- <laughs> Super Calo is one of them guys that was like. He was light, but he was real thick. So like yeah. when he hit the mat or whatever, it made an impact. <laughs> <laughs> Chubby little Mexican. <laughs> uh, top three current wrestlers. Top three current wrestlers. Um, AJ Styles. Okay. Um, let's see. We got AJ Styles. Yeah, I was like, who else is... And, okay, so AJ Styles. Okay. Um, Adam Cole. Baby. Baby. And, um... See Bray Wyatt's kind of fallen out of favor with me. Um, I hopefully, hopefully this this new gimmick reboot does something for him. And that was why, like he but, said, he he's back on my list because this whole he hasn't had theme. his match yet. Probably, this, I think it's gonna be his first match since he got his new shit. Now. Yeah, but but it's but his ring work's not what worries me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's the push. Solid. It's the push and the um. But yeah, I'd say probably. Probably AJ, Adam Cole, and a toss-up probably between Kofi and Velveteen Dream. Okay. I know I was supposed to pick three, but Velveteen, Velveteen yeah. Dream's coming up, man. You know what? <laughs> I, and I called that one from the beginning. I, I, got, a, a, I got a second. I that. was a mark for that guy before before he... Uh, it, is, it is so nice to see a gay wrestler that is not like... Is that guy gay? Portrayed as... Yeah. Yeah. But he's not, he's not portrayed, portrayed as, as like a freak or yeah. a, or a yeah or yeah. anything. He's mm-hmm. just it's like know he was just gay. happens to be his. I didn't know he was gay. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. So is that why they got rid of like Darren Young? Because they're like we only have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can only have one gay black guy. <laughs> Poor Darren Young. He comes out. <laughs> but they have to have one of those crazy like fucking. Non taken care of kid in play after thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's a wrestler you secretly like? Warlord. Alright. Like I don't think you've made that a secret. Well, I, that's I, a, think, <laughs> I, I don't make it a secret in the house. I don't make it a secret, like, I don't know. I don't make it a secret amongst the boys. But, <laughs> you know, when I'm, when I'm talking wrestling with people that aren't uh, aren't close to me, I don't usually bring up how big a fan I am of the fucking warlord. Just saying. Man, I like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He gives people stutters, drink beer. I like the warlord. I like the warlord. He had a cool staff. Yeah. <laughs> Hung out with Slick. <laughs> Which made no sense. It was but the anyway, 90s. <laughs> it, it, their union made... I loved it, but it made no fucking sense. Like, 
Anyway. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, who's your favorite wrestler of all the times? I'm going to say, because we, we went down this Macho Man Randy Savage road, so I'll just stick with Shawn Michaels and say Shawn Michaels, okay. even though as time goes on, the Macho Man edges his way up Okay, there. wrestler you strongly fucking dislike. That's the last one, isn't it? Yes. Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> I think I've gone on an extent about yes. Ronnie Garvin on this podcast. So you guys took the dislike thing different than I did. Like I didn't like you put dislike like you disliked him as a person. Yeah, yeah. you're a scumbag. <laughs> like superstar Billy Graham and Buck Zumoff. Yeah, oh yeah, Buck Zumoff and that uh, Sweetan. Bob Sweetan. Bob Sweetan. Jake Roberts. Yeah. Uh, well, Jake Roberts' daddy, Grizzly Smith. Yeah. Terrible human beings. But he I, was born out of love, and I love him to this day. No, you as they hit that, his as mom. they hit that rock with a hammer, like yeah, what, why? Why is he that wasn't happening? born out of love? You raped his mom, which, <laughs> right. which is fucked up because it's like you show up to have a father and son like talk things out, and then it's like we go bang on a rock, <laughs> go bang on a rock, yeah. with yeah. a sledgehammer, like like at the beginning of the film, he's banging on the rock with his dad. <laughs> And then in the middle of the movie, he's banging on the rock in that hotel room. <laughs> is this chocolate or? No. What the, what the fuck is that? He's like, his dad's like, Jake. A uh, couple of the, couple of the bookers told me that you're uh, hitting the rock all the time. Figured you'd help me out of the yard here. It's like my grandfather. Been breaking, breaking that fucking thing now since '73. <laughs> Yeah, it's like my grandfather. It's like you go over for like family get together and be like, I'll give you guys a nickel if you go out and pick the rocks out of the field. Like, no. Sorry, hitting the rock joke is fun. It was. It was good. Fuck you, Jake Roberts. Pay Jerry Pay Gray. Pay Jerry Gray, you piece of shit. All right. We're going to take a break as the SummerSlam party continues here on the. We can't wrestle podcast. We got Trish Stratus and Charlotte in the ring. Is it just out. me? Is it just me? Or anytime they have the women's wrestling, they always have this fucking dude. This referee is like a fucking creep. Yeah, he he was uh, he was also like a combat zone wrestler. Was he? Yeah, isn't that the guy, Aaron? Yeah. And WWE hired him to be a referee, and people were like, "Well, why? You know, you're gonna have to stop wrestling." And that guy was pretty much like, "I'm working for the WWE now. <laughs> Suck my left nut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to bump, and I don't have to like throw myself in a wood chipper <laughs> to make yeah. twenty dollars and get a fucking Nathan's hot dog. <laughs> I'm actually making money. Hey, let's have staying you joke. In, staying in hotels. Hey. Staying hey. in hotels with air conditioning. I got an idea. Hey, how about if you jump up off roof and, and thumbtacks and barbed wire? I'll give you three new ports and a Nathan's hot dog. Uh, make it four and you got a deal. Four Nathan's hot dogs? Jesus Christ. You a fucking break economy with that. I'm going to be out $8 after this. Damn all right, let's take a break. We'll be back with uh, part two of this edition of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast.
All right, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, SummerSlam edition, as we are having our SummerSlam party, all full-on beer and buffalo chicken dip and pizza and such. Speak, speak Watching of, the video for the Randy Orton Kofi Kingston WWE Championship match. Speaking of beer, get, we can get a chance if no one, if you guys haven't seen it, go watch Steve Austin drinking fucking like it's sex on the beach in the first eighteen. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes, like, it is. Sugar bullshit. You got to listen to him tell about talk about the blinker too. Oh, that's one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> you have to. All right. That being said, now we get to the. Uh, are we going to do Invasion now? We're going to do the meat and potatoes of the show? Whatever you want to do. The WWE Invasion pay-per-view, which was the the beginning, I guess, of the Invasion storyline that that I think this is more going to be a discussion of than the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view itself is actually, I mean, I don't know, Aaron, when you were watching it, if you got more than I did, but it's very nondescript. It, there wasn't a lot of quote-unquote notes or anything that, that I took, really. Um, but it just—I I have some, but it, it just—it got me thinking about the whole storyline in and of itself. Um, Here, here's my problem with the with the invasion pay per view on a pay, on a pay per view that is boasted as WWF versus WCW, okay, and ECW because whatever. But the fact is that this is the pay per view that everybody has fucking dreamed of. Mm-hmm. What would happen if WCW fought WWF? And on said pay-per-view, you have a match for referees. <laughs> and it's like, what? Well, that's going to be a, that's going to be an over-encompassing thing about the whole invasion storyline. Is it, well, it, we'll start with the pay-per-view here. It's in Cleveland, Ohio, the Gund Arena. It is July twenty-second, two thousand one. And one of the notes that I took. Um, just, just because of, of probably just because of the touring schedule or what have you, during this time, it uh, it worked out where Cleveland got a lot of important. The the Gund Arena wound up just I don't know if it was just luck of the draw or what, but that like the Gund Arena was where they had the simulcast of Raw and Nitro yep. when, when Nitro went off the air, and they had this invasion storyline, and they had there was, SummerSlam '96 there. Mm-hmm. It, it, a lot of a lot of things just be think be just just luck of the draw and scheduling. The Cleveland audience back in like from like '96 to 2002 got to see a lot of shit. Yep. But uh, so the invasion pay per view goes down. Uh, like I said, July 22nd, 2001, from the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, Aaron, I think like it, like the invasion thing. It just did all it. The only thing I shouldn't say the only thing I didn't like about it is just things I think about it, but it became like, like the video like was just like all of the McMahon's faces and everything like that. Like every McMahon was involved in it, and I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what watered it down. It absolutely is. It it became it became not WCW ECW like, WWE. Like Stephanie McMahon, like the Shane Vince thing, that was cool, but like <laughs> Stephanie McMahon didn't need to be the owner of ECW. Right. The greatest just let it be Paul. Mm-hmm. The greatest Stephanie as ECW general manager thing was fucking uh one night stand two thousand six when fucking Mick Bully's like He's like, I wish we could take ECW back to the control of a visionary, a world changer, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon, long live the Alliance. 
That and when he tries to when he tries to get out of the match, like we oh, shouldn't be bad doing idea. this. We this shouldn't be doing idea. this. Is this a light? Yeah. Nobody answer my questions. I just wanted to see if you'd pull on it. <laughs> That's what she said, <laughs> or he said. I don't know. Someone. <laughs> so the That's first. That's what someone said. <laughs> so some... Somebody said it. <laughs> Omnidirectional. Um, <laughs> Omnisexual. The first, the first match in this uh, pay per view is Lance Storm and Mike Awesome against Edge and Christian, and I put here it was a good match and Edge was way fucking over yes. at this time. Like you can see why they wanted to push this guy because he was over like a rover at this time. And um, Michael Cole said something that I forgot. Like the match is going on and he says, um, if you remember. Like, he's talking about how good Lance Storm is, but then Michael Cole goes, and if you remember, Chris Jericho last week said Lance Storm looks like Forrest Gump. <laughs> and I also think that Mike Awesome should have been, I, I know, like, people say he was weird and whatever. Mm. I think he should have been a bigger deal than what Mike Awesome was. Oh, he, he, absolutely. Which is, it's and it's kind of fucked up, too. Like, I know we're talking about Invasion, and I don't mean to jump around here, but, okay. like, uh, uh, one or yeah, one night stand. The original when he fe- faces uh, Masato Tanaka. Yeah, I love watching Mike Awesome wrestle Masato Tanaka. Anytime Mike Awesome wrestled Masato Tanaka, <laughs> those are some of my favorite matches of all time. But I just watched. I just watched it the other night, and there's a moment when Mike Awesome does a suicide dive, and fucking, and looking back on it, it's fucking. It's just like oh. Is but, that is that during the during that match on the alternate commentary? Is that when JBL says he he flies like a couch? He's got the yes. flight path of a couch. <laughs> the flight but, path of a couch. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Styles says uh, he's like he went for a suicide dive, and I wish he would fucking do it. And it's like, ooh. <laughs> well, he didn't know. I know he didn't know, but it was just like, wow, that doesn't fucking age well at all. <laughs> but I thought this match started out kind of boring, but it eventually picked up, and there was a really cool spot where Mike Awesome um, was going to go for a awesome bomb off the tippity-top rope, and uh, Christian turned into a back body drop. So like, Mike Awesome took a back body drop off of the top, and it doesn't sound like much now, but I just thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And Christian and well, do you have anything else on that? No. And then Christian and Edge over on Awesome and Storm. I gave the match two stars. I, I just put good match. I'd give it uh, probably three yeps. Three Jeff yep, Farmer yep. yeps. Yep. And then uh, William Regal and Vince McMahon are backstage. Which is guess, always fun. And Whoa. guess what? They're in a fucking office. <laughs> Not standing in front of a TV screen. Yeah. And, and it just looks like an office. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> They're not standing in an awkward position where they just both happen to be, you know, just perfectly positioned for the camera to have a non-natural conversation. And there's not posters of, like, upcoming movies. (laughs) The best best office, office. the best things hanging in an office ever were Teddy Long's office. Because he had a picture of Martin Luther King and a picture of Vince McMahon. (laughs) I always loved that. I don't know, it's just a nice touch. Teddy Long always had his heroes... Hanging in his office. I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of fucking Mick Foley's offices where it was just like random. <laughs> He'd have a cactus. Well, it was just like a random spot <laughs> throughout the fucking building. 
So the next match is the referees match you were discussing. Yes. Earl Hebner against Nick Patrick. Patrick yeah. And his and the special guest referee is as I put on here, the human hamper Mick Foley. <laughs> like why is this looking like a hamper full of dirty clothes? <laughs> like why is this on, why is this even on here? Like, I'll tell you what, it? you want to know why it's on there? You watch that crowd. They fucking loved everything about it, man. <laughs> They were I, into it. I like, they, they were, were reacting more than people react on Raw now. <laughs> this is true, but I think it was, I, I think it was more of like the anticipation of what was going to happen that night. Because I think, because correct me if I'm wrong, this was their highest selling pay per view of all time. Yeah, because well, people expected it to be completely different than what it was. Well, yeah, they, in, they one of, said, in one of the promos, and like during the promo, like the re, like. The package video or whatever the WCW wrestlers show referees show up and Roy Hebner's like hang your crappy shirt up over there. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Well, Hebner goes over Nick Patrick yes, here, and my rating was it happened. <laughs> Pretty much, I don't even yeah. have a rating written down. And there's a tough enough promo. And we have a, a segment with Deborah and Sarah now the ex-wives of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. She's only a few, and I about put, a year away from being in the fucking <laughs> closet calling the fucking cops still to get that piece of shit out of it, here. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And and, and the rapist DDP <laughs> yes. gimmick was just trash. There's another part of the, the and like I said, this is going to be a discussion of the entire storyline. That was another disjointed part of the storyline that, 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 that is probably one of The Undertaker's worst feuds. And... It could have been. It could have been good, and I say that because they never, in that entire feud, they never, from a booking standpoint, let DDP get an upper hand. Well, he always the, got beat. They, he never. There was never a. I don't even remember a segment where he had an under an upper hand on the end. But not even just that. But it was also the fact that they even said, Sarah pinned him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like even that, it was like originally it started off as being like a mental game to get into the mind of the Undertaker. Then all of a sudden he's building shrines mm-hmm. to fucking Sarah, and it's like, oh, so now he's really obsessed. Yeah, himself. like he's a fucking creep and not just doing it to get into the mind of the Undertaker. Yeah, and it was just and it was, it, like you look at his actual wife, and then you look at Sarah. Yeah, you're like why would he want Sarah? <laughs> she got man face. She does have man face. <laughs> no, no disrespect to the Undertaker. Yeah, he probably don't give a fuck. <laughs> He's he's cool about it. Yeah, let's say it. <laughs> he he turned that Sarah tattoo into like something else. Yeah. He's over it. Yep. He's so the next match, the APA against Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hara. Match is boring. It, well, what I put here is during the match, the APA beat the fuck out of these guys. I would it was say, a yeah. boring match. <laughs> it was. It was funny too because like you watched like <laughs> I noticed this like you watched the APA you know. And they had Bradshaw giving the the rah 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 like you know speeches and stuff. We're gonna take out WCW mm-hmm. and all that. But it's like it's like they're giving that to like the Heat guys. <laughs> yeah, Spike Dudley and, and Spike Dudley and Crash Holly and Crash Holly. <laughs> and like like when like Freddie Blast is giving his speech, like Undertaker's in there, Big Show's in there. <laughs> Fires up Stone Cold but to come back. This but, yeah. this yeah. match is another prime example of what was wrong with this storyline. Okay, you have the APA, who you have built up to be some tough, badass sons of bitches, right? 
you have a, an invading force from WCW, and you have Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, who were no, neither one of them were terrible wrestlers. They were decent wrestlers. They were young. They were green. Okay, but you have an invasion. Why not let these guys get some heat on the APA? I mean, first match out, and they're beat already. You, you've, you've shit the bed already on this. You, you could have had them let the APA get to have the high oh, row or have the advantage for a while, but then Palumbo and O'Hare do some dirty shit, and then you get a beat down or something. You know, they don't have to pin them. Because, because Nate, we got we gotta, we gotta, we gotta to put Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare through the fucking paces. <laughs> we got to make sure that, God damn it, they deserve well, okay, to be Okay, that's fine. Do that in the back. But when you're on camera and you're trying to fucking build a storyline, you know what I, I know. mean? I agree with you, but that's the problem is, is that... Uh, Beat him up in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> there ain't no cameras. Not in Cleveland. No, Mio, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Because like I said, when I when I saw this, I was like, oh, oh this ain't going to be good. Because, you know, you go back and watch APA vs. Public Enemy, APA vs. <laughs> Deadly Boys, and it's like, oh, they're going to beat the fuck out of these guys. <laughs> So next we have a segment with well, okay, oh, yeah, it's APA beat O'Hara and and Kumac. Yeah, and it was one and a half stars, and it was boring. <laughs> it was boring. And then there's a promo in the back with, with Vincent. Guess what? Once Chris again, Jer- his Jericho. fucking office <laughs> with Chris Jericho. And, and I I put on here the, a very funny line from Jericho. Yeah, I put that oh. he called him a chunky jelly belly. And he also said. The bovine-like Whoa. Paul Heyman. Yeah, he calls him a bovine, and then he calls him a chunky jelly belly. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, because isn't this where, <clears throat> where they pan back out to Stephanie, and she's like, I hate Chris Jericho. No. Is that, no. Is that Survivor it's a, Series? It's a different thing. You would have known if you prepared. I'm so, I didn't, I, look, I didn't watch, I didn't watch the pay-per-view, Sorry, everybody. I I was working and look, it's my fault. I'm a horrible, I'm a horrible host. I didn't say that. I said it. Okay. You didn't have to say it. I I said it. And then uh, McMahon, Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Paul Heyman, and Billy Kidman they do some shit backstage. And up next is the actual first good match of the show. It is a really good match. X Pac and Billy Kidman. Expat comes out to his shitty music, <laughs> which is just, which is just Uncle Cracker. What you looking at? <laughs> but actually, do they even use it on the network? I don't yeah. remember. Okay, yeah, yeah they do. Because I know. There's... Remember, I talked about it on our last show that I hate that fucking theme. There, well, there's, and then it's like, I know you, <laughs> you ain't gotta look at me like that. What you looking at? And Expat comes out, and nobody gives a shit. This and is then the Billy, hype. and then Billy Kidman comes out, and guess what? Billy Kidman, his entire career, always had really cool music. Like, I forgot, like, that he was one of the guys that they left his WCW music on him mm-hmm. until they got him that rap song, which was cool. Yeah. But, like, even his WCW, that... That's a good guitar riff song. And these guys go out there, and they, they don't... People don't care about X-Pac, but they have a really good fucking match. Billy Kidman might be a guy that I would say never, like... Like, like psychosis, deserved. yeah. He never got his shit, fair share, his fair due. Um, I mean, I know he's still there today, and he's making a living, and he's chunky. But the the, I don't know. He just he never got. I never thought. Uh, I never thought he got his fair shake either in the career. But I also respect him because he wasn't a bitcher. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's the one. I'm, I'm, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm cool. 
I'm happy. I'm banging Tori Wilson. <laughs> Why should I complain about anything? Life is good. Yep. And uh, uh, Kidman beats X-Pac. And I gave that match two and a half stars. And like I said, so far on the match, so far on the show, it's the best match. Same here. I agree. It was the best match so far on the show. And then DDP and the McMahons and Paul Heyman, they have some kind of thing in the back. And then they show Tori Wilson and Stacy Keebler. And I, to this day, will say that, that Tori Wilson's the GOAT. <laughs> like, she's the greatest of all time out of hot wrestling chicks. It's Tori Wilson. She's the best. They're talking about their boobs and ass. It's, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, look, okay. Vince McMahon was probably like, these are our two best acquisitions from WCW. Yes. I'd like to acquire that <laughs> vagina. Well, it's weird because if you watch, you watch now where we just saw Trish Stratus versus uh, Charlotte Flair and it was a, a you know, athletic competition and you know and everything else uh, with the rise of Becky Lynch and then you go back and you watch this where it's like we have better butts and boobs than the WWF girls it's like but a different time my friend yeah, let's like, go right. back to that time <laughs> no let's not go back to that time because it's like I don't need to see pudding matches look you don't need to see them but you want to see we live in we live in the age of the. It's kind of like I don't need to eat this entire bag of hot wings, but I'm gonna do it because it's amazing. <laughs> and I understand that, but look, and I'm gonna my, feel bad about myself afterwards, <laughs> but I'm but gonna enjoy doing it. We live in the age where you can just a quick Google search and you can find anything that your heart desires. We don't really need to see it in our wrestling. The next match that I put here was a weird match. It was weird. I it didn't, wasn't any good. It, it wasn't, wasn't good. good, and I was surprised because of the guys in it, because I'm a fan of both of them. It was Raven versus William Regal. It's kind of a weird match, you know? Like It's it's an odd pairing. I don't know. I just... And they didn't... They really didn't... Aaron can attest to this, I think. They didn't have any chemistry in the ring no, together. No, it was bad. Um, Taz gets involved here, and, uh, you know, little Taz comes in, and... So, Raven over Taz. Raven over Regal. Yeah, Raven over Regal, sorry. I gave it one star just because it's got... Two good guys. It's got two very talented guys in it, but it's kind of a nothing-happening match. Uh, Then we got Vince McMahon in the back with the Brothers of Destruction. And I have to say, I wrote here, I wanted to bring this up at this time because we really haven't ever talked about it before on the show, and I don't know when we will again. Looking back, like during that time, I didn't mind it. But looking back, I almost wish that there never would have been the American Badass gimmick. I don't know why, but just looking back now, I'm not a big fan of the gimmick. I was not a big fan of the American Badass where he had, like, the leather... I guess I'll say I wasn't a fan of him as a baby face in that gimmick. Yes, him with the the button-up denim shirt and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, when he cut his hair, it was... You know, when he was Booger Ray. Yeah, like that was badass. Yeah, yeah, I, like, see, I, I agree. If, I, if he had been that, even as Babyface, if he had been that and not come out with the long trench coat and the fucking, like, long bandanas mm-hmm. and shit, like. I don't know, and I understand why they did it. I think that him and Vince maybe <laughs> thought that the Dead Man gimmick could run his course and, and he wanted to just be, be able to be him 
for a little while, but which, yeah, to me as a baby face, I just like I said, it was which, it was decent as a heel. I could have done without the whole thing though. This is true, but you know what though, and I, I honestly you got to say that I I think it did run its course because once you get to the point of satanic, you know, Undertaker, mm-hmm. it's like you really can't go anywhere fucking else. <laughs> you know, I mean. Aaron, what do you think about that? I like short hair and booger red. That's what we were just talking about. The American Badass Babyface gimmick, I'm not a big fan of, but yeah, the booger red, uh, you know, the feud with Flair and and the shit with the Hardys. I can understand why the guy wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, you gotta change your shit up. I get bored at work. (laughs) So sometimes you just... Put on a bandana and go in and beat yeah. a motherfucker up. <laughs> ah, hey, I'm an American badass. Ride in on a power wheel. <laughs> I fucking can see it, too. <laughs> Are you scared? He's here. <laughs> Being sung to the cashier's desk by our favorite band in the whole the world. world. <laughs> Limbiscuit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, him going. Tony Chimmel saying, "Here to perform." <laughs> the WWE's favorite band, ba- in the favorite whole- band in the whole wide world. It's like, are you a fucking child? Like you've had, you've had Motorhead, you've had Drowning Pool, Saliva. That's the way he said it. Our favorite band in the whole wide world. Your favorite band is fucking Limp Bizkit. Fuck off. Well, the next, the next m- match is the Big Show. <laughs> The one Billy Gunn and Albert Ugh. versus Sean Stasiak, Canyon, and Hugh Morris. <laughs> Another overrated, you know that we were talking about overrated and all that. Another overrated wrestler, Billy Gunn. I thought yeah. you were gonna say Canyon. Not not a whole. I actually like Canyon's Canyon. underrated. I actually like Canyon. Oh, underrated. I'm sorry. I thought you said no, overrated. Sorry, Billy yeah. Gunn. I don't see. Bill DeMond's pretty underrated too. Yeah, yeah. Um... But this match was just kind of there. It was, you know, to get some people on the card, a six-man tag. And then they let WCW win, but then they just get the shit kicked out of them by Big Show. Of course. It's his alley-oop, which was a stupid move. Which like, is. why is Big Show doing the alley And For one, why is it called the alley-oop? <laughs> and two, why is he even fucking doing it? It was a bad move. It was dumb. Mm-hmm. Just let him chokeslam a motherfucker. That's what people want to see. Yeah. So that was just kind of there. I gave that uh, one yep. Just a yep. I would get it. No yeps. <laughs> no yeps. No yeps. <laughs> no yeps. Next up is William Regal made a match earlier with Tajiri against Taz because of Taz getting involved in his match. I actually liked this little match. I liked eh, this match was cool. I liked this match because Tajiri was in it and. Um, like, I could put Tajiri on my toast because he's my jam. Like, I like that guy. <laughs> Tajiri. I like Tajiri. <laughs> you and, know, and he blows it in Taz's face. If anybody has never <laughs> seen it and you want to smile, I want you to go back, go on YouTube and watch what was it about a year, two years ago when Tajiri came back. Yeah, the and they had the reunion of Regal and Tajiri. For the Yeah, at the did you ever see yep, that video? Yep. Tajiri is so happy and then Regal's that that's just that break in the fourth wall like <laughs> Oh my God, God he's, he's back. back! But Tajiri is so happy. It's just—it's like one of the greatest. Not on any TV show. It's just something they did for the internet. It's one of the greatest when things. He walks in, like Tajiri walks in, and the 
the WWE Performance Center, and the first person he sees is William Regal, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> so happy. And he's like, oh my god. <laughs> he's I love the fact that like he hugs William Regal, and he's like, yeah, it's good to see you. Like, <laughs> yeah, he then breaks WWE the fourth wall. Just <laughs> William Regal, these batshit crazy people. <laughs> Eugene. Eugene. Uma- oh man. Umaga. One of the one of my favorite little funny things ever, though, is Eugene wins this. I forget what pay per view it is. It's a pay per view. It's when he's first, you know, with Regal, and he, he. Wins him, I think it's against, I don't know if it's Cade or who it is. He wins a match, okay? And he's so happy. And then him and Regal, as as Eugene is getting out of the ring celebrating, him and Regal play Got Your Nose. And it is one of the funniest. <laughs> like, you know, Regal's like, like Eugene goes like this and Regal goes like that. And then he goes like that. And it just, it's, it's really funny. But anyway, yes, um, back on point. Taz and Tajiri. Good little match. Then Harvey, like Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy are in the back, and Matt Hardy is dressed in like, like if you wanted to look at like what 1999 through 2001 looked like, you just look at what <laughs> Matt Hardy's wearing. Like he's wearing like a fishnet shirt, with like a stupid necklace, a big, a big like, thick chain necklace, and some like Tommy Hilfiger oh. jeans, and one of the. One of the belts, one of the belts that like clips like this and then around it, it's got like, it's black and it's really thick and it's got like the, um, the, di- uh, not divots, they're not called divots, what are they called? I don't remember. Oh, eyelet holes? It, yes, yes. Yeah, it's got the yeah, eyelet yeah, holes yeah. all around the belt. Yeah, Matt, Matt is in total 1999. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what change you're talking about because it's those giant fucking ball yep. necklaces. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're like, every, oh, God. Like, yep. the, the buildings hadn't fell yet, so we weren't in, like, <laughs> yeah. we need to take a look at what we're doing. <laughs> I, I had some of those. <laughs> Well, and like he's funny. wearing like a netted shirt. I never had those. And then, and then Rob Van Dam does what needed to be done and smashes that motherfucker <laughs> with a steel chair and runs away. And then we have the absolute most fantastic match of the night. Yes. These guys have a hardcore match that isn't a, that that isn't just like cookie sheets and it, it's what a hardcore match is supposed to be. Like Foley and Edge. Yes, it is. It is what a hardcore match should be because it's not. It's not. Um, it's not. I'm sorry, but it's not ECW hardcore. It's it's mid south hardcore. If that makes sense. No, yeah. Absolutely. Which I like ECW hardcore. Some, a little played out. The only, the only thing that I didn't, the only, I gave this match four stars. And the only reason I gave it four stars is because, and I'm not a wrestler, so I can't say yeah, you know, I'm right. But I think the spot they hit should have been the end of the match. The end of the match should have been Rob Van Dam Van Daminating that chair mm-hmm. into Jeff, Jeff falling in that pit, and then Rob jumping on him and pinning him. Like, Rob should have never got had to had had to get down and get him out of the pit. Yeah. Because he didn't even try to pin him. Like, if he would have tried to pin him, one, two, kick out, right. and Rob would be like, oh, shit, that didn't even take him out. He should have pinned him in that pit. Agreed. And that's the only flaw I saw with the match, because after you do that spot, what else is there after that? Mm-hmm. You've, yeah, you've you've gone too far. And I think, I think when they did the ladder bump, I think the ladder was supposed to go the other way. 
I think Ra- I think Jeff was supposed to fall into the ring, mm-hmm. but because if you watch, the ladder is tilting, the ladder is tilting, and Jeff's just like, "Fuck it, this is happening." And like Jeff takes a bump from a twenty foot ladder into like onto the ramp. It's yeah. fucking nuts. Aaron, and I you've think been supposed to go the other. You've way. been interrupted by the anonymous raw general manager. <laughs> 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 fucking hornswoggle, you piece of shit. <laughs> All right. So, yes, great match between Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam. Something, a note that I had, I guess I, it came to me during this match or something, a note that I had here, having Michael Cole and Jim Ross, who are, not, who are both good, good uh, play-by-play guys, the commentary for this show is bland. There's well, not, there's not they color they, they to didn't it. Have, they didn't have an adversarial voice. Yeah, and they didn't have someone there for the WCW and That's ECW. An, adver- and, an adversarial voice is what I'm saying. Like, they should have, I don't know, like, they... Should have Paul Heyman. Paul did nothing. I shouldn't say he did nothing. He didn't do anything on the show. Right. Like, what? Like those segments that he's in, that could have just been Shane and Stephanie. Mm-hmm. If Stephanie's the boss of ECW, why is her little fat lackey need to be back there, you know? <laughs> have him be out there and be arguing and... Yeah, it was two WWF guys. It didn't make any sense. Paul should have been out there. So now our next match is the... It's Lita and Trish against the aforementioned Tori and Stacy. A bra and panties. <laughs> Gave this match eight stars. <laughs> And, and Aaron and Kyle, Aaron yep, and yep, Kyler, yep. you guys can't see it because I should go Facebook Live with this, but you guys can't see it. But Aaron and Kyle were just mean mugging each other. Just <laughs> you like Dave Meltzer, you don't like boobies and ass. It's not that I don't like boobies, and, I love boobies and ass. I just don't need to see it on my wrestling. <laughs> I can, there is there's things called like Pornhub and everything else that you can go to if you want to see boobies <laughs> and ass. I'm watching wrestling because I want to watch wrestling. Ass. <laughs> I do too, but you never see them. I like they just the, tease I li- it. I like no. I, I I'm take a that fan back. of the female form. I take that back. You get to see Mae Young's boobies in Royal Rumble. Those 2000. are fake boobies. <laughs> well, so are Tories. Royal Rumble, Miss Rumble 2000 is one of the greatest segments is? in wrestling uh, history. <laughs> J- Jerry Lawler's reaction to Mae Young but, makes me laugh every single oh. time. And, and and you know, Kyle, I can tell you this: you don't want to see it in your wrestling, but. That mat, those bra and panty matches were something that the WWF doesn't do. Or, all right. So now the main event of the Invasion pay per view. It's the <clears throat> WCW ECW Coalition. Boy, that's an intimidating name. The Coalition. It's Booker T, Bubba Dudley, Diamond Dallas Page, Devon Dudley, and Rhino. With Mr. Shane McMahon and Ms. Stephanie McMahon Helmsley and, and Ms. Paul Heyman. Ms. Paul Heyman. <laughs> yes, he's got boobies. Chris Jer- against Chris Jericho, Kane, Kurt Angle, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Undertaker. That is Team WWF. Team WWF is pretty impressive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Team WCW ECW Coalition. They're all right. <laughs> They're all right. Um,. But here's, okay, the biggest single problem with the Invasion storyline, and this is what I've been trying to get to the whole time, is this match right here. Well, it's summed up in this match right here. Because Stone Cold turns on the WWF, right? I don't like it. I didn't either. 
the problem is the real story of this whole storyline is by the end of it, it's all about WWF guys. You know what I mean? The the main guys are Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, The Rock. I mean, the only guy that really that really rose up out of this as a guy that was from his company is Booker. Booker's the only, you know what I mean? Booker's yeah. the only guy that rose up out of this thing and was somebody, like somebody I was going to say somebody had to turn. You know. Mm. Like 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 this was the 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 initial thing. So WCW, ECW had to win. Right. Somebody had to turn. I would have turned to Chris Jericho. Yes, or and I would have turned to Chris Jericho for the same reason that like um, the NWO came in to invade. Like Chris Jericho should have turned because he should have been like, when I was in WCW, I was one of the hottest things going. People wanted me. I had Monday Night Jericho. And I was so hot that the WWF wanted me, and I go to Vince McMahon's house, and he tells me, "You're gonna be the, you're gonna be the next big thing." We shared Chris. a brownie. We shared a brownie, Vince. <laughs> you only share brownies with friends, <laughs> and the brownie was full of lies because all you did, you fed me a bullshit brownie. Because since I've been here, all you've done is keep me down. So I'm going to go back to a place that appreciated me. I'm going to go back to a place that offered me more money to stay. I'm going to go back to the loving arms of WCW. See, and it's funny that you say that. But it's Steve Austin who had no reason No, no to and turn you know what? The Actually, only reason he would have had to turn on WWF is because he didn't like Vince. But for like mm-hmm. a whole six months, he was like hugging Vince. Yeah. Well, no, and it's funny because you say that you say that the way that you would have turned Jericho. Because when I thought about it, I thought the same thing, but not Jericho. This is where I would have turned Undertaker. And here's why. I don't see Undertaker with WCW. I do. For all these years, while you were fighting WCW... While you were fighting the federal government, while you were fighting Hulk Hogan, when Hulk Hogan left you, and Bret Hart left you, and Randy Savage left you, and blah 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 left you, I was here. I was here. I was the Undertaker. I was here. I was here. I was here. And every single time, oh, we got, we're going to go with Bret Hart. We're going to go with Shawn Michaels. We're going to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're going to go with The Rock. Where, you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think he would have had good storyline motivation to be like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to play for the other team now. Because yeah. I've been here for ten years and you've been fucking me around. I've been your, your reliable guy. And it's always somebody else that you pick to be the man. Yeah, right. So, okay. And, and I like both of those. But if we're going to play a what-if scenario, let's look at the, the simple fact that... Um, this took place what what date? What was the date? July twenty second, two thousand and one. Okay. July twenty second. By February of the next year, you had the NWO in. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of those Turner contracts ended out. Why not wait? Why rush it? Mm-hmm. Why not build? Uh, they, at this time, I think they rushed it because they thought at this time they were still intending to do a separate television show. But even if the fact is, though, before this, because, correct me if I'm wrong, was, was the the Buff Bagwell Booker T... That was before this, yes. Okay, at that point... I think. 
I think it was too. At this point, it's like if you know for a fact that okay, it fuck, was, it was before that because it was they did that and it was a fucking disaster. So that's when they said, oh, we need to like you know infuse WWF infuse into WWF. We need to like bring in ECW into it and all that other shit. At, at that point, it's like okay, <coughs> let it simmer, let it build. Until you can free up some of those other contracts. Because the problem is that I truly believe that this pay-per-view invasion killed the entire storyline. Because people were waiting for this night Mm. to see Flair, Bischoff, NWO, Sting, Sting, Goldberg. Goldberg. And you didn't get any of that. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin turning. Right. And like I said, that's what ruined the whole thing is it became about WWF guys using ECW and WCW names. Yes. You know, the brands. Which which is even fucked up. Like, because... why was Rock the WCW <laughs> champion? What, what, what was it? The night after Survivor Series. Ric Flair was in the company. Mm-hmm. So... The night, the, the night after the whole storyline stops... There's Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Which, don't get me wrong, is a cool moment, but... Still, the, the fact is that you can't sit here and tell me, why didn't they just wait? And here's the, here's the thing. The, here's what tells you the invasion storyline. <laughs> Aaron, you might think this is funny, you might not. I don't know. Here's what tells you the invasion storyline was pretty astastic. The only two things I really remember about it is Stone Cold Steve Austin turned on the WWF and Test won the Immunity Battle Royal. That's all I remember. That's a, I remember the beginning and the end. Was, uh, there was uh, wind beneath my wing, like the wind beneath my rings, <laughs> and then uh, like Milkamania. That was fun. Yeah. When Kurt and, and there's some good. But stuff that could have that, happened without this even being a there's thing. There's some good stuff. Though, what I'm saying is, there's good stuff sprinkled into it, and it would have been fine if it just would have been like you know an inner faction. Yeah. Like, or better yet, imagine if you guys will. We're going to play a game real quick here. Imagine. Like, I would almost prefer them to call it the NWO than just mm-hmm. WCW. Because it was just a faction within the WWF. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, if you guys want, that if they had just waited. They had just waited until after WrestleMania the following year to start all of this. Mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff walks out Monday night and says... Vince, God damn it, I'm I'm part of your I'm part of you you know, I would like a job. But he's infiltrating from yeah, the inside. He's weaseling his way in. You know? To, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes you know, all of a sudden here comes Goldberg and it's like, what the fuck? Like Goldberg is taking out people and Eric's like, No, it ain't me, it's you know mm-hmm. and all of a sudden and it all leads to a big fight between WWF and WCW where WCW is victorious and all of a sudden Monday Night Raw becomes WCW Monday Nitro. Even for one week just to fuck with people and mm-hmm. everyone's like, what the fuck? And it's, oh, guess what? We're not going to do the Royal Rumble this year. We're going to do fucking... Sold out. out. <laughs> you know, we're not going to have Brawl. WrestleMania this year. We're going to have... Super Brawl. You know? Just fuck with people. People are like, what the fuck? Like... But nothing good ever came of this, really. No. And as a matter of fact, you can probably point to this storyline as the time... Not not, the, not that it was 
terrible. Like there was, there's been a lot of good since then. But this was kind of the time where shit started sliding down, especially for our generation of wrestling fans. This was kind of the, the 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 tipping point of when you know maybe it maybe it took a few years, but I don't know if you guys agree. But this is kind of the point where things started going yeah, downhill. Fell off the cliff after like 05. Well, yeah. it's just like this. You know, Sting made the the comment that it was because he saw the way DDP. Booker T were treated that he didn't come to the WWF sooner. Mm-hmm. It's because of shit like this. Yeah. Where if they had had a he stronger... Was like, wow. <laughs> exactly. They had had a stronger build. Who knows? You could have had Sting still in his prime. You could have had fucking... I mean, it just, The fact is... The possibilities were endless. Absolutely. And it could have been a big deal, and it wasn't. The match itself was pretty Yeah, oh yeah, the match though. was good. There's a lot of fucking talent in this match. Um, like I gave this match much like we stars. talk about pay-per-views and stuff today, you know, you can complain all you want about the storyline, but the work in the match was really good. This was a three-star match. Yes. And the pay-per-view overall, I gave three Jeff Farmer yeps. I gave, I you, gave it three as well. And the, the fact is, you had a way to make Steve Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin again. Because mm-hmm. imagine... If they had, if they had played this out, if you wanted to do the experiment of Steve Austin being a bad guy, because <clears throat> you name me a bigger moment during that time than when Steve Austin fucking shows up the Monday Raw before the Invasion pay per view and fucking beats the fuck out of WCW. See, that's the other part I didn't like about the like the the like if if somebody laid this story out to me. The chink I would say in it would be this. <clears throat> Steve Austin doesn't want to talk to Vince. Like, Vince comes and talks to him in the bar or whatever. He turns his back to him. You know, he's not going to listen to him. And then Steve's at the bar. And he's watching Raw on the TV. And he's listening to these speeches. And nothing's, like, you know, resonating with him. And then Fred Blassie like stands up out of his wheelchair and says stand up and fight and Steve like breaks the pool stick and he's like nah I'm gonna go to the arena I'm gonna kick some ass because Fred Blassie stood up and fucking told me to and then he just turns yeah. like, it doesn't, it, that part of it doesn't make sense to me mm. like that's the part of the story that's like that doesn't work there was a lot of this that didn't make sense it was yeah you're right though and as much as as much as you wanted to say like Undertaker should have turned, I think Angle should have turned. He should have came out and turned, and been like, "Vince, I loved you, but you you don't care about me. You care about Steve Austin. Like I've been your guy." Mm-hmm. Or turn turn the rock. Who did? Sorry, <laughs> it wasn't on your idea. No, Aaron's but, like or, the study of this. Yeah, paper or turn the rock. This podcast. <laughs> But don't don't turn Steve Austin when it clearly the last six months hadn't fucking worked. Clearly, everybody knows it should have been Jericho. <laughs> clearly, it should have been the I Undertaker. Sound like a little bit like a I don't know. Right <laughs> if I may volley, like, sir. If I may volley my balls, you, sir. <laughs> it should have been Chris Jericho. <laughs> my idea for the Undertaker is phenomenal. All right, we're gonna. Should've, Take a break. Should have been. It was me, Austin. That's Invasion. And when we come back, we have one more. It was more... not a bad it, show. No, it wasn't. If you, it, like, this is what I'll say about Invasion, and then I'm done. If you watch the show, it's not a bad show. 
if you look at everything that surrounded it, it, it it's it's a cluster. It's kind of like a lot of WWE pay-per-views. Now. Yeah, like the show itself, there's not really other than I'd say other than the Sean O'Hare, the Six Man, and the Six Man. It is what it is. It got some guys on the show, and and Kyle, you know the bra and panties match. I know you don't like scantily clad women. <laughs> But that was something that the WWF doesn't do very much now. That wasn't for the people sitting in the audience, like sitting on their couch watching the show. That was for the people in the building. And it was a buffer between what we do here and going into the main event. No, and I get that. But the show itself is structured good. Fans are into it. It's a solid fucking show. There's not really a bad match other than that APA Sean O'Hare Columbo match. It's a good show. I was entertained by it. I just think Steve Austin turning and going to WCW was stupid. I, he had no reason to do it. No. Can I tell you my one thing that I enjoyed most about this show, above everything else? When they the, took the boobs away? No, when the fact that they have a separate entrance for WWF and a separate entrance for WCW. Yes. Like, that is fucking brilliant. That was good. Because then it's not like, well, what the fuck? Like, they're all backstage that's in the a same little, area. That's a little thing they would definitely not do today. No. And that fucking makes it so much. Because it's like, you know, you, then you... For the love of God, I'm asking for a little bit... <clears throat> Look at this guy. <laughs> I'm asking for a little bit of believability. Yeah. That's all we want. Yes. You know, I we all understand that wrestling's a work, but goddamn... Don't spit it back in our face and make us feel oh. stupid about it. When we about this one, when, he's wearing he's serial <laughs> color, serial killer glasses. Aaron is we have we have SummerSlam Pause. paused right, right now, now because the main event's coming up and we want to watch that as we record uh, the last part of this. Because Aaron's looking at people in the crowd. Yeah, now. It, and right now, God bless high definition television. Right now, it is the hype package, and Seth Rollins is facing Dolph Ziggler, and there's people in this crowd, and Aaron is, well, he we're gonna, is. We're gonna. <laughs> he's judging got, them. All I can see on this sign is Kim Big Chick tonight. <laughs> 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 all right. We're gonna he, this this segment has gone over. He's happy about Ken's big chick. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> all yeah, right. The guy, the guy next to the glorious guy. You see the purple shirt, glorious guy. No, up, 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 up. Keep going up, up, these up. These people up. can't see over, this guy. Over, over. Yep, that guy's mad well, about it. Well, these guys are talking about the that TV. Guy is, that guy is I'm pissed gonna send off. us to he break. Is, he is not the happy. The segment when has gone it. over. When we return, we have four championship belts, four iconic championships that we are going to. We're gonna tell the. We're gonna tell you and each other the people that we identify the most with those titles. Uh, that'll be a quick segment to end the show here on the SummerSlam edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and we'll be right back.
All right, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the SummerSlam edition. As we are about to uh, partake in the main event of SummerSlam here, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. For those at home, Brock Lesnar is just now making his entrance. Even though we paused it. So technically this match is probably over. over. But, uh... They don't know that. (laughs) Could still be going on, hell. But that being said... Oh, Brock can't go more than fucking... Pyro. Pyro. <laughs> Welcome back. Py- the return of Pyro tonight. Oh, so now we're going to talk about championships. Yep. And people that we, the person, the one person that we highly identify with that specific championship. And uh, Aaron actually came up with three of them and then I threw a fourth one in. Can I, so, can I say something real quick before we get into the championship talk? And sure. Oh. I, uh, people sit there and say, like, oh, when it comes to a championship belt, the belt either makes the guy or the guy makes the belt, correct? Mm-hmm. That's the way we was here. But the fact is that the belt always makes the guy first. And it's what that guy does with it that makes the belt. When Flair won it from Harley Race... Flair, I don't want to say Flair was nobody, but Flair was unproven mm-hmm. with what he could do. He took it to the next level. He did. The belt always is going to make the guy first. That's what the belt and, does. Mm-hmm. And then that guy has to live up to the belt and do make his make his mark on the on championship. The, yep. Make yes. it mean something. So when you guys think of the ECW World Championship, Kyle, who do you think of? Who's the first person that comes to your mind when you think of the ECW World Champion? I think it's Shane Douglas. Me too. That was my pick. Yep. Was Shane pick. Douglas. It wasn't your pick? No. no. About Shane. I think of Shane as the ECW Champion for a number of reasons. First of all, I think of him wearing the belt. Yep. And I think of the fact that, uh, you know, of course, the, the, the speech... You know, the promo. Where he throws down the NWA yes. championship. And and I just think that he was he was he was ECW's Ric Flair. He was ECW's Hulk Hogan. He was he was the guy that you first I when you think ECW, you fir- I personally just think of Shane Douglas. He's the first guy I think of. Well, and again, like I said, we're gonna talk we we've talked plenty about ECW and you know that ECW is a hardcore, violent product. But, especially in his later years, but at the time, like when Shane Douglas held the title. He always had the wrestling match. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like I said, a lot of the guys that held that title, it was about the, you know, tables, tables on fire, weapons. But at that time, Shane Douglas made the ECW championship mean something because he was a wrestler. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, like I said, the promos. Yes. Like he just he 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 was the first guy to really take the outlet that Paul Heyman was was offering, and and go balls to the wall with it. And I have to say this: the only time in his career that I am a fan of Shane Douglas is when he's in ECW. I mean, other than that, to me, I'm I, I am not interested in in Shane Douglas. So. I identify him as the, the perennial ECW champion. Aaron, who was your pick? Raven. Raven is a good pick. And the reason being, and I, like, you know, Shane Douglas is cool, and I can even say 
more so that, you know, I was a fan of Shane in WCW when he was with Ricky. Mm -hmm. I think Ricky's team built and Shane Douglas was a cool team and all that. But to me, it's Raven because I think about that I didn't have complete, we didn't, you too, we we didn't have complete access to ECW. Right. And so a lot of my ex, my, a lot of my ass, ac, yeah, can't talk. A lot of my access to ECW was magazines and like the Raven Tommy Dreamer through pictures and stories and everything like that. That's what resonated in me to ECW, and and when the Triple Threat was the thing, like Shane did. A lot of stuff kind of circled around him, but like Raven to me, when I think about ECW, I think about Raven. Mm-hmm. Like I think about Raven and Tommy Dreamer because everything in that company, for at least three years, stemmed from somewhat stemmed out of Raven and Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. And I just think of Raven as the ECW champion. All right. So the next belt that uh, we're going to discuss, I'll let Aaron start this one. The the WCW United States Championship. And I'm going to preface this on saying that we're talking WCW, not like, you know, the NWA United States Championship. Mm-hmm. This is WCW. So, like, ni- what would it be, 1991? 90, 92 until the end. Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> we, have, we have cats in the studio. It would be Rick Rude. Rick Rude. When I think of that what that U.S. title looked like when I think about it. I think of Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was a... That's definitely a good pick. I mean, I, I, I can see that. He... I can... I actually, to be honest, um, I, I picture Rude... When I picture Rick Rude, it's funny because I actually... When I think of Rick Rude, I think of WCW Rick Rude. I don't think of WWF yeah. Rick Rude. You know, I think of him he's, with the short he, hair and the U.S. The guy, title. He's one of the guys that when he was in WCW was utilized better than when he was in the WWF. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think about Rick Rude feuding with, like, Ricky Steamboat. That's one of my favorite feuds of all time. And it was over that belt. And that's just, that's who comes into my mind when I think of that version of the WCW championship. Mm-hmm. It's ravishing Rick Rude. Kyle? I think of Eddie Guerrero. A good poll. Um, especially because the fact that, like, it, at the time when Eddie wore it and stuff, it was, they used it as, like, this is the American dream. Mm-hmm. Here's a man from Mexico that came to the United States, has done everything in Mexico, and now he is the United States champion. And it he, is the, the, the peripheral American dream. Like Aaron said about the, the Rick Rude, uh, Ricky Steamboat feud... Eddie also had a fantastic feud over the belt, trading the belt back and forth with Dean Malenko. Yep. Um, and that, and, that, it, and honestly, it's a tie between the two, like I said, mm-hmm. between Dean and, and Eddie, and even Chris mm-hmm. Benoit. But, I mean, like I said, to me, for, for the fact of, like I said, the American Dream and what that title represented, represented a chance. So, yeah. to me, it's Eddie. You guys are probably going to disagree with me, and, and I know why. I'll know why. I disagree. Because I, I disagree, sir. Because I, I, 
I've never seen fucking Brock I, move that fast. <laughs> I know that the I know that that he had a much longer reign as the television champion, but when I think of the WCW United States Championship, I think of stunning Steve Austin. Yeah, that's a good pull. Um, he he was he was, a, a, he was a close second to Rude. He was a good champion. He he was. Back to Steamboat. He had a great feud with Steamboat yeah, over the and title. Him and Dustin. Had yeah. Phenomenal matches. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, like I said, as far as WCW goes, I think a lot of more, a lot, a lot of more, a lot of more people, a lot more, more people probably. would identify Steve possibly with the television title because uh, he was a great TV champion too. But yeah, I, I, I loved Steve Austin as the U.S. champion, and uh, he's the one, he's the one that I and but you two had good pulls, and I definitely agree on Rude. Um, just like I said, because he's one of those guys, like you said, that at WCW he was better than he was in the WWF. They let him be him. Yeah. You know. Um, so, the next championship that we're going to discuss, Kyle, we'll start with you. Uh, I'll, I'll go first this time. I don't All right. You guys, you guys the, this one, I, I hate to say it, I hate to do ties because it's not fair because you're supposed to pick one, but I have a tie with this one. It's the WWF Tag Team Championships. And my picks, I have to say, I couldn't, I could not make a final decision. But to me, when I think of the WWF Tag Team Championship, I think of the Hart Foundation, Bretton, Bretton Anvil, and I think of Demolition. Was like demolition exactly to me, the same way. Fucking demolition, demolition wearing the. That's my childhood. Demolition wearing the WWF tag team. Those, it those, fit, it those fits belts. so well with their outfits. Yeah, and they, <laughs> and they it, were. I've said this before, and people will tell me. Uh, people say, "Oh, well, demolition was just a road warrior ripoff." I think Demolition was cooler than the Oh, Road they Warriors. definitely were cooler than the Road Warriors. I love them. I love me some Demolition. I'm looking forward to meeting them this October. Yeah. And, um, and the reason I like Demolition more than the Road Warriors is because Demolition would have com- competitive matches. I was about to say, the Road Warriors were a great attraction, but they were kind of a one-trick pony. Um, I think that the reason that the Road Warriors, the, I, some of it was the booking, and some of it was was Hawks Demons, but I think that the reason that the Road Warriors, in the late '90s, didn't didn't have the success that they had in the '80s, I really do believe that because they were such a one-trick pony, they just couldn't evolve. Yeah. They couldn't have. I mean, you watch, you watch LOD. I know we've got off our topic here, but you watch LOD wrestle the DOA. Those matches are fucking boring. It's boring. They're boring. They, they, when they, when they, and Owen Hart and British Bulldog are one of the best tag teams of all time. When they matched them up with the Road Warriors, the matches were fucking boring. The LOD. And when I, and when I hear, dan and dan and dan, I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here comes the axe. axe. Here comes the smasher. Yeah, like the image of uh, the, the image dis- walking disaster. The images is one of the best <laughs> like taglines. Yeah, ever. Walking, walking disaster. disaster. The the images of the demolition, <clears throat> Miss Goosey. The image of demolition walking down the aisle 
at Trump Plaza with food with him. Oh, look at the cat. He's getting knocked a beer can. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> He's a dick. What a dick. That's all right. The image of demolition walking down the aisle at Trump Plaza at a WrestleMania is iconic to me. Yep. With those titles on. And with Fuji. And like, with their... Fuji worked with them. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like they, like, uh, Fuji with Demolition was just amazing. And they worked well as a heels. They worked well as faces. They were, they were, they were great. And to me, they're, and the Heart Foundation. Yeah. I mean. And I'm not going to lie. I was in the same boat. I was like, do I want to put Demolition on here? Or do I want to put the Heart Foundation? Mm-hmm. Because to me, they're the the like the quintessential teams in the WWF. Yeah, me too. Did you have different picks? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna skew a little bit to the more modern age with this, but Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but see, and the but the thing is with those guys, and I'm not discounting that. No. I, I totally see what you're saying. But with those guys, if, I, if I'm jumping into the era... It was a three-man, a three-team roster. Yeah, the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian. But That's, at the same time, and I agree with you, but any time those three got into a, into any type of fray, it was usually Edge and Christian that came out on top. Right. Like, it's the payoff. At the end of the day, yes. You know, yes, you had you had the Dudleys, and you know, and you had Jeff and, and Matt Hardy, but, like... Hmm. Edge and Christian, to me, just they they gelled better as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Like they were that, and maybe it's because that they were basically like the heels, right? In the entire situation, so mm-hmm. you know. But it's just to me, like I said, it, Edge and Christian to me, it's like they just. Right, let's add one wrinkle to it, real quick, before mm-hmm. we move on to our last belt. Who is a team that didn't ever have it? Now, this was a cool spot. Yeah. But who, who's, who's the team that didn't ever have it that you guys thought should have? Like, would have been cool WWF Tag Team Champions, even if they had, like, a two-month reign or something. Because I know who my answer is, but I'm curious on what you guys... Well, my answer is the Rockers. Yep. Okay. I think the Rockers defending against Powers of Pain, defending against Heel Demolition, you know, is like the Rock and Roll Express. You know, the, the they sell for most of the match, and then they come out on the top in the end somehow. I think the Rockers, and we all know they got the title win, but it got screwed up because of the, the TV the taping, etc. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the Rockers would have been cool as babyface tag team champions in the WWF. Was that? My, no, it no. wasn't my answer. Okay. My answer was... The Rougeau brothers. Yeah. As heels or faces? Oh, heels. The Rougeau brothers as faces, they were fine. But the Rougeau brothers as fucking heels. <laughs> they were fucking... They were fucking <laughs> phenomenal, man. Like, like, I know people hate on Jacques Rougeau because he was like a prick behind the scenes or whatever. But when he'd go out there in the ring and shit, that dude was, that dude was great. He was a great heel. And I just think... Like, like, are they going to be tag team champions for three and a half years? No. But, like, a good six-month, like, mm-hmm. Rougeau Brothers heel tag team title reign would have been... It would have been cool. I think so, too. How about a how about a Bushwhackers tag team title reign? How about no? <laughs> I like the Bushwhackers. Whoa! I like the Bushwhackers, too, but... <laughs> I was just joking. 
The only thing that would have been great about that is like if they would have like taken like belt like bite marks you know, like the leather and shit like they're just eating and the championship ha- have a snobby team win it from them so like we're gonna have to have these disma- yeah, we're gonna the have the- <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to have these we're gonna have to have these Sanitized. steam cleaned and we're gonna have to have oh, the oh, leather oh. Seth Rollins is curb stomping the shit out of Brock Lesnar Holy and he just shit. beat Brock Lesnar <clears throat> for the universal championship in the in, as Bret Hart would say in the SummerSlam I gotta say as much shit as people like to talk about Brock Lesnar, that was actually a pretty entertaining match. I don't know why people talk shit about Brock Lesnar. Me neither. He's a good businessman. He does the job, he earns his money, he gets out of there. Alright, so the last title that we're going to talk about, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And Aaron, I'll let you start this one. And I am going to preface this on this, that I'm stating that when I brought up the NWA Championship, and Nate, you know I said this before the tragedy that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going with like the big gold belt. No, me neither. I was going with. I think t- you're about to say what I was gold. about to say. It's Harley Race. Yep, Harley Race. Yep, it has nothing to do with him dying. The minute you put NWA Championship on that on that list, I didn't think of Ric Flair because when I think of Ric Flair, I think of the big gold belt, and. I didn't think of of uh, Harley Race. Harley Race with the NWA World Championship belt. Like you don't think about Dusty. No. You don't think about. I I, I think of Harley Race holding that title, saying I will it up, saying in his arm. As I'm he, the greatest goddamn wrestler on God's green earth. On God's and only one human being. <laughs> he would always say only one human being. He didn't say being. He said being. Only one human being could be the world's heavyweight champion. It's Harley Race. Harley Race is the, the when you think of the NWA championship belt, you think of Harley, the king of wrestling, yep. the NWA champion. And that's a good way to bookend this show. That was good. Absolutely. That was, that was good stuff. Yeah. I have good ideas sometimes. <laughs> we go from and we all agreed on that one. The there NWA was no world championship that is the most prestigious title in all sports wrestling to the universal championship, which... It it's, makes some good red. matches. Yeah, it's it, it's red. The yeah, those title the title belts nowadays just not as uh, it's bedazzled, not as distinct as they used to be. Well, well let's. I r- like my title belt to have dings in it. <laughs> you know, it's like that belt. It just looks perfect, looks pretty, and all this, that, and the other thing. I like the belt to have dings in it. I like the leather to be a little tattered. I like the fact that for the longest... Because people have been fighting for this fucking thing. And every time somebody else wins it, it just doesn't go get refurbished. Yeah. (laughs) For the longest time, the longest time, the WWF Tag Team titles stayed the same. Well, all of them did. All of them did. Well, what I'm saying, though, is, like, even when, like, the WWF Championship changed from, like, the Winged Eagle to the Big Cookie... Style and everything. I like it. The big, big cookie. cookie. Yeah, that's what it was. It looked like a giant fucking cookie. Well, I was about but to. Does, does he walk with uh, El Paso Jones? Yes, he does. <laughs> like, I'm El Paso cookie. Jones. I'm a big cookie. It's big cookie by my Even side. Even when they changed the Intercontinental Championship to the purple fucking round globe, mm-hmm. like the tag team titles still stayed the same. And it was like. And when you look back in history, you go, oh, well, that's, you know. 
Like, I see the Hart Foundation fucking having those titles, and now here, you know, oh, fuck, the Smoky Guns had those. Yeah. And then now... Well, that okay. pay-per-view sucked. Okay, so, <laughs> quick last question, and then we're going to sign off. At least it wasn't six hours we're long. Go- we're going a little long. Yeah. Aaron. Actually, first I'll answer my own question first. Favorite championship belt? Mine is the Winged Eagle belt. The Winged Eagle WWF championship belt is my favorite title belt. Aaron, what's your favorite title belt? Appearance-wise. Just as like yeah. aesthetically? Yeah, mine, mine's the Winged Eagle. Mine would be... Because I don't want to tie. <laughs> It'd be the big gold belt. The big gold belt? Okay, Kyle's going to say the big gold belt. I don't want to tie either. Now, I give I give a... Can I... Well, I guess I'll say... Well, hang on. My, my second... Like, when I'm talking about the big gold belt. My second... I, lo- I love... The look of the Intercontinental Championship, like, Kurt and Brett had. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd put the big gold belt ahead of it. Yeah, I, I like that belt, too. The, I'll, the put, I'll put I'll put the... The, the WWF or WWE Undisputed Championship. That's a, that's a good looking belt. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it felt like that, that was the final uh, incarnation of like the Winged Eagle. The Winged Eagle went to the Big Cookie, or the Big Eagle, and then it finally went to... I, know I, big I love Big Cookie. The Big Cookie <laughs> belt. Caitlin, come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You scared the cat. The studio audience. That's what it's clapping for big cookie. <laughs> That's what it sounds like when I get done having sex. Three people cheering me on. <laughs> I thought you said. I thought you were say you scared the cat. <laughs> oh, you still got it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> the uh, all right, all right. We're gonna end this. I swear to God. All right. Ugliest title belt. Ugliest title belt. Yes. Oh God. I know you're gonna. I know what you're gonna say. You do. Yeah. But you say yours, Kyle. What's the the WWE original WWF Women's Championship. <laughs> That's pretty ugly. It looks like they just fucking threw that thing together. Mine would be ugliest wrestling title belt. Would be the. Um, I did not appreciate the EC, like the WWECW. That's what I was belt. about to say. That's I thought you were going to say the those raw tag belts. With no, the, they're fucking ugly. But no, the ugliest belt is that that silver ECW championship yep. that Matt Hardy and Mark Henry had. That thing was fucking. Up. It was it was terrible. It was terrible. That. And I like those the, tag I, team. Those world tag team titles are ugly too, with the fucking Spartan helmets. And I like the on. idea of it, but that new twenty four seven belt—that's fucking gross. Yeah, that looks that looks that looks cheap. And then um, I didn't like. I actually, honestly, don't like the belt that um, um, the WWWF had. Oh, the with the. The small weird plate. Yeah, they had like the circle and the small yeah. plates on it, and Backlund had it, and it, like once Hogan won it, then they got away from it. Mm-hmm. 
that had like the green strap. Yeah. That was fucking gross. And then that big ass fucking what was that big ass fucking belt that Magnum TA had? Um that was a what was that? I don't even remember what we that have was. To pause so we don't sound Because it's stupid. like a, well, no, it's like a rectangle almost. Like it's well, a it was like the rectangle. entire size of a yeah. man's chest. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ! I don't want that. That might have been a mid south championship. I would have been like, I'm cool. <laughs> I don't want to be champion. I'll just keep. But yeah, for me, it's that WWE ECW title, and then that those those world tag team titles like that. Uh, uh, Santino and Vladimir Kozlov had, and the Nexus had, and all those titles were so ugly. Which that's what I thought you were going to say. But they, oh, they still have those. Aren't those the kind of what? Well, I guess they kind of morphed those into the Raw and SmackDown tag team yeah, titles. Yeah, they kind of still. Yeah, kind of look the same. I was never a big fan of the. Uh, um, that little like, like. East, like the last, ah, the Intercontinental title they had after the original one. The Globe one? Yeah, I didn't like that. No, the one that, like Rock War, or like, uh, not Rock, but, uh, well, yeah, like the one that Rock and Triple H feuded over. Yeah, I didn't like that one. All right, let's wrap this up. Because they got to poop, and then we're going to smoke. <laughs> we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of the... We Can't Wrestle podcast, the SummerSlam special, as we were watching SummerSlam. And, uh, now we're watching something good. Stone Cold, Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. There it is, the Winged Eagle title. Thank you, Stone Cold. Oh, hell yeah. Chicken quesadilla. But, and uh, we, chicken quesadilla. <laughs> we, will see you, we will see you next time right here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Elizabeth Chanute.